On today's episode, we talk about Season 2 of Kings of the Rift, and we change things up a little bit. Let's jump right into it. And welcome back to Kings of the Rift, your source for competitive League of Legends news and opinions. I'm your host, Gold Knight. But before we get into everything, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. This podcast is available where all other fine podcasts can be found. Leave me a review of me on iTunes. It seriously helps to get this podcast noticed. And anywhere else you can find us, follow the podcast so you can get updates on when a new episode gets posted. And if you're on Anchor, you guys can help me out and become a subscriber to the podcast. It's a lot like Twitch. You just pay a little bit, and uh, you're good to go. Um, I've also set up a Patreon at patreon.com slash kingsoftherift. Any bit of help is fantastic, and your support will help me keep making this podcast. With enough support, the episodes will continue to get better and better quality. So, let's talk about it. Season 2 of Kings of the Rift changed up a little bit. Um, changed up the logo, uh, changed up kind of what we're going to be doing um, in these episodes. A little bit less on the League of Legends news, um, unless it is something that is dramatic. Um, Some kind of teams getting kicked out of the LCS or something along those lines. Um, Those definitely will be talked about. But a lot of, I guess, and I was kind of moving this way anyway, but... Um, into the more opinion uh, levels of League of Legends. And that's because, honestly, there's a lot that's going on in the League of Legends community and um, the competitive League of Legends is just... It's, it's a fun, fun area to be around. And I seriously am a big fan of all the different things that are going on at least um with this world's coming up right now it's been at probably the most competitive level um for all the different teams because if you think about the last couple of years there was kind of there was writing on the wall um you come into last season or um last worlds where uh, rng had won the last um, msi and uh, China seemed like they were the teams that were going to be the, at the top. Um, RNG was up there. Um, even KT Rolster was there. Um, and different different teams like that were able to be up there. And last year we kind of got uh, a little out of out of sorts, I guess you could say. Um, it. It didn't go as planned as for everybody, uh, but it didn't feel as actually achievable as this season has been, and I think that has a lot to do with the MSI, and MSI probably shouldn't be counted as a quantifier 
for um, for overall strength going into worlds. But you really have to think about what what makes a team favored when it comes to um, worlds and the different roles behind that. Because honestly, if you think about it from a perspective of team strength coming into worlds has definitely a lot to do with it and one of the teams that everybody has basically favored to become the world champions in 2019 is g2 esports and honestly g2 they are probably one of the favorites to win but i don't think they're a a guaranteed favorite. I don't think they're one to just, well, yeah, they've qualified. They got in. Yeah, they're going to win. They won MSI. It, MSI is a difficult thing to go off of, like I said earlier, because you're not sending the best of the best, particularly. Um, for example, it, it like IG looked really bad at MSI and they went up against Team Liquid and they got spanked and no one would have expected that no one did expect it coming in they're saying alright well IG is still IG they'll beat Team Liquid in the best of five why wouldn't they and then Team Liquid takes and turns it around and now Team Liquid has taken a taken a game off of them and look at that now it's 3-1 and team liquid is now in the finals of msi where g2 beats skt to get there and it's it's just ridiculous it's it's a crazy set of circumstances that got us to this weirdly favored g2 kings of the not just europe but kings of the world at this point. And honestly, I don't think that's how it'll end up playing out. Um, I have this feeling in the pit of my stomach that G2 will, will draw like the worst teams they could. Um, G2 will draw like uh, IG and Damwon and different things like that. Because the way the seating works with the uh, with Worlds is that it's just not, it's not weighted any certain way. Uh, there's no regional strength weighting at that point. Um, where, perhaps, like, basically, Damwon right now, Damwon Gaming, who's pretty strong um, coming into Worlds, is valued at the same level as a wildcard team. And the same as Splice, and the same as Clutch Gaming. Which isn't true. Now, Clutch Gaming that I just brought up, I really have to do some kind of, like, weird thought process on that. Because, honestly, Clutch Gaming, at the beginning of the season, I said, or at the beginning of this split, at least, um, when they kind of changed things up, I said Clutch Gaming would be better than they were the previous season. But I still honestly did not think they would get to Worlds. And 
I'm surprised. I'm very surprised at how they got there. Um, they went through the gauntlet. What, the second, I believe, second team to be able to run the gauntlet like that. Um, C9 obviously being the first. They've done it hundreds of times, it seems like, at this point. And Clutch has this predictable playstyle. But that predictable playstyle is still... It's still effective. Um, you're able to beat uh, FlyQuest. You're able to beat CounterLogic Gaming. You're able to beat TSM. And basically, they knew coming in, this is how Clutch Gaming is going to play the game. This is the champions they need. And they're going to do this. They're going to go for Rift Herald at 10 minutes. And, well, they knew that they were coming in and they were going to be doing that. But they weren't able to shut them down. But you think about it, and teams in the play-ins, um, something like a like something from Is- like Isris Gaming from Latin America, or um, any of the Vietnamese teams, like they could get easily dunked on by Clutch Gaming in the play-ins by this very predictable style, and it has a lot to do with. Um, Clutch being a better, I I can't even, my thoughts behind them being a better, uh, like, best of five team versus a best of one team, I'm not sure where I sit. Because they draw enough bands in their best of five to kind of, to be able to work around it, I guess you could say. Um, You can ban three things against them, and that's enough, apparently. Um, you ban the Kiana, you ban the Gangplank, and you gan you ban the Rumble, and there you go. Um, you basically have a free win, as they all had thought. But you take a look, and they still do. They still do damage. They still are able to get in there, and actually take games off of the top NA teams, which is really great to see, actually. So, I really like to look back and uh, say sorry to Clutch Gaming and for how much I've ribbed them in the past. Um, but basically, congratulations. Good job. I'm glad to see that Clutch Gaming has gotten to that point of um, strength, that they can actually make it to Worlds. And I, I'm very interested in seeing their run. Uh, I don't think they're going to get out of groups, but... They might be able to take a couple games off of some top teams. I could easily see them taking a game off of RNG or off of some other like high-level team and being that, uh, that upset that kind of allows another team to get in there and actually become a issue for the rest of Worlds. So... I'm interested in seeing how uh, how everything works out with them. But going back to the idea at hand, being that this world seems like the most like level playing field we've had in a while, and that's fantastic. Um, and I think that goes back to what I've said in previous episodes. Um, when you look at Last Worlds, and you see, well, who was the team? Who were the teams that were staying? That were that were actually standing out? 
and that were standing forward of all of the uh, Asian teams, all the uh, all the very strong RNGs, and well, SKT wasn't there, but KT and the the teams that are just better at you mechanically. Who was the ones that were standing up? Were the ones that were playing their own style. So you take a look and you see, um, for example, IG was the third seed coming in last year from the LPL, and they were able to actually get up there and win because they were playing the happy League of Legends, as I believe they call it, where it's basically just chaos. Now, what team has mastered that chaos? If G2, you said, then G2 is. G2 is the team that basically has mastered chaos to their to their will and basically has turned it into their style. Their style is not all right, we got to farm up for late, we got to we got to do things just by the book. Well, Korea's doing it like this, we have to do it like that. We have to play these exact champions. And honestly, G2 looks great for it. It's it's very it's very low on the level of, um, like it's very low risk, to a point, um, because they always they are very well mechanically, um, they're very well skilled. So you take a look at their players, and they're just great all around. Um, I'd say the weakest link on that team is probably Mickey, Mickey X in the uh, in the bottom lane, because. He just, he has wrist problems, he has, you know, medical issues and stuff like that. But that's like saying the worst, the worst bill that you have in your wallet is a $50 bill. Because the rest of them are hundreds. So it's kind of like, it's at that level where you're not, he's not garbage, but he's just the worst out of a team of stars. Um, so, G2 could be a favorite for this this uh, Worlds, but I think the gap has definitely closed. And that is evidenced by the NA teams going over to Europe, and instead of boot camping in Korea like they would have before, they're boot camping in Europe, um, where Europe it seems to be one of the strongest regions in the world right now and honestly i i applaud them for it i applaud them for not going to korea and going to you know going to china and being able to access those servers and everything and get that higher level of uh of like basically not even just scrim but solo queue time where you're able to play with higher skilled opponents but honestly like, it just seems like EU and NA might have a chance this uh, this year. But I don't see, as much as I love Liquid, I can see them getting out of groups. Um, I can see them probably going to semis. But I don't know how far they go after that. Um, and as much as I've said about how G2 has a certain style... And Clutch has a style. Team Liquid does as well. 
And that has to do with playing around double left and uh, getting wins through the mid lane, but still you have that little bit of weakness and impact on the top lane. I'm not saying impact is bad because he's not. He uh, he has games where he can just straight up absorb all of the pressure in the whole map. He's getting double ganked, you know, triple ganked, but just all game. But that's freeing up the rest of his team to be able to push, to be able to make uh, make aggressive plays on the other side of the map when he's getting two or three man dived top. Um, he's able to then turn around and expel that pressure and then allow for someone else to um, to step in and take the mid tower or to take dragon or whatever. And I think that is very that is a very useful talent to have. Um, and he's explained he's ex- basically expounded on that through his past um, few seasons with Team Liquid being Team Liquid four times um, now in a row as a genuine dynasty for NA. And that has to definitely put them, I think, in the argument to be one of the strongest teams coming into into Worlds. Um, I mean, they're not nearly as favored as RNG, as G2, as SKT. And that's on the betting lines of five to one which are which are great those are great odds that one of those three teams will come in and actually win um skt they they played they played really well this uh this summer split and everything and they've kind of gotten back to oh shit this is this is the team that everybody has feared before um Faker is getting older, but he's still pretty good. He's not... There's not many games that you see him just be the main reason that he's lo- that we, that his team has lost. So, I really would like to see a different look from Team Liquid when it comes to attacking these teams like, uh, like SKT, like G2, and all this different stuff. Because honestly, there's not much that can change from that end, from the end of SKT and RNG and G2 and everything. But Team Liquid has to change. I don't see, I don't see G2 and SKT losing to Team Liquid in its current form. Team Liquid can make it pretty far. Um, but if they match it up to someone stylistically well, then they can easily win. Uh, which is why I think they can get out of groups, because at least two teams in their in their group will be different stylistically. Like, I, I would love to see Team Liquid versus Splice in their group. Um, I definitely could see them being a better, um, a better team to go against, because Splice is like a mini team liquid and i think that is a good thing for them because you're able to see that um they're able to almost refine their style and say well we play like this we know how to beat this and the the bands that team liquid brings 
upon themselves being the um being the sona being the tom kench um and having to kind of focus on double lift and i think a lot of teams will f- more focus towards that um try to ban out double and say well they they always played through bottom lane so they must you know they must always want to do that well if you be able to let if you're able to let jensen step up and become the uh the strength that he was through the playoffs and into the finals then i think honestly that's a good way for uh team liquid to actually take a win in multiple games throughout this world so i honestly think uh worlds is definitely at its most competitive point um i think the only way you could get more competitive is by by extending play-ins or extending the world's format to be more teams or something along those lines um you can make it a little bit more competitive by allowing like a loser's bracket kind of deal like the international and dota um but i actually do like the way that they're playing now um you get to know the best player or you get to know the best team in the uh in the world but you don't really get to see the second best team in the world um because you only play one side of a bracket you don't play against the other guy and basically it's a kind of an interesting way that league of legends does it but i love it nonetheless so um i'm actually going to talk about the best all na team that i could come up with um after this short sponsor break right here and uh i will be right back stay stay put and i will talk about the best all na team it won't have who you think on it so stay put take a look at g2 they are the number 1 team in the world right now and compare them to other teams teams in na teams in the lpl teams in the lms and what's different with them well they're all european there's no imports but why does na feel the need to have imports i think a lot of what we look at is any talent not being the best choice for for us to play around any mids are few and far between if pobelter we have uh with yasui we have demonte um and honestly like you look at it and there's not a ton of really good mids that actually are from NA. And I'd love to see some teams actually step up and say, "You know what? No, I'm going to commit to an all NA team." GGS tried it when they first started. Um and I liked that idea. I liked the idea of a long-term booking, long-term booking on teams and being able to actually say, "You know what?" I know we might not win right now, but we're going to 
get there. We're going to get to the top of the heap by being the best NA team. We're not NA with Korean mids or Korean tops or uh, European mids or anything like that. We are going to be the best team by just being the best NA team. And I would like to take a moment to actually sit and build probably the best NA team that we could, theoretically, and kind of talk about how it takes them to, like, how, how long it takes them to actually make it to Worlds, let's say. So, first off, we'll tackle the top lane. Now, the top lane for... Um, for top, like, NA talent, we have, we have Haunter, who's usually always pretty well, pretty good. Um, he's done well internationally. Um, he's done well domestically before. He's won a couple titles on TSM. Um, and that's even with not being the focal point in the team. So, so there's Haunter, there's Licorice. Um, you can even say that, um, that I liked, I like to think that Lorlo could be good again. Um, there was those jokes about year of Lor the year of Lorlo back when Lorlo was playing for Team Liquid and well, then everything went south and he didn't really do anything anymore. So I'm not sure, um, what else they can do. Um, but then you take a look and you go, okay, well, what's what, what else do we have in top lane for top lane talent? And another one is Fake God, who is good. Um, one of the best rookies. I think he actually did get rookie of the split. So, fantastic. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. But um, I think either Haunter or Licorice would be the best idea um, for a top laner in this all NA team. Now, thinking about it right now, you could mold. Licorice might be the best NA top. So let me just let me just say, all right, we'll do Licorice. We'll go with Licorice for this one. So we'll build Licorice in the top lane, and then we'll go down to jungle because jungle. There's there's actually a lot of NA junglers, which is great. I like to see that. Um, you have Meteos, who's pretty good. Um, you have Dardoch. Um, you have Acadian, who... <sighs> Acadian seems to have issues with working with teams. He was okay for a bit. Um, he got them to a finals. He got the TSM to a finals. And then they had the whole issues with the, the personnel issues that they say doesn't wasn't actually true so you really have to think about what the truth is and where Acadian's baggage kind of is um but you have Meteos, Stardock, Acadian um I think you have to almost rule out Xsmithy though um because as much as Xsmithy is great if we're building this team for a for further for furthering um you know, 
for further years in the future, you're not going to be able to have a smithy. Probably just because, like, how many years does a smithy have left? And I've said this before about age and esports and stuff like that. How, well, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be a cutoff where, you know, old players are gone out of the league. But how much longer are his mechanics and his playstyle going to actually be effective? And if we're trying to build a team and be able to mold people a little bit, I want someone that's a little bit more aggressive. So to go along with Licorice, I would say, I would probably say Dardock, who, yeah, he's been in the, in the, um, the LCS a little bit, but he's still young enough, I think, to be able to uh, be able to kind of help build this all in a team really well. Um, so Licorice, Dardock, and then we'll go to mid. Mid is the hardest, I think, role for us to fill. Um, you take a look, you have Palafox um, from Golden Guardians Academy. You have Golden Guardian, or Golden Guardians, Golden Glue. Um, you have Demonte. Um, who else do you have? Let's see. Um, you have Yasui, right? I believe it's Yasui is a, um, is NA. Um, but honestly, I think I've already made my decision. And I think that is Golden Glue. Um, Golden Glue is a really good team player. And when he was playing for C9 in NA, he was actually being able to stand up against those top-level mids. Um, and Pole Belter, obviously, is in there as well. But um, he might be kind of past his prime. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying the age issue of, well, yeah, he's too old to play, he can't do it anymore. No, he's just simply past his prime. So I would say we have currently Licorice, Dardock, Golden Glue. Some will go to bottom lane. And in bottom lane we have Cody Sun. We have Double Lift. Um, we have who else do we have in our um, bottom lane pool? We have Keith. Um, we have. Oh, we have Apollo and all that. Um, we actually have a lot of bottom lane talent in NA, but not talent that's out of this world and world's caliber. Um, so honestly, I'd say Cody's son probably is the best for this. And I'm not saying Double Lift is worse than Cody's son, because I know Double Lift is on this list, but I think for the team that we're making, Double is too double is too demanding. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's um, you know, demanding in the negative connotation. But he is he's a player who knows what he wants and he takes resources, which is good, which is very good. But it's like it's like putting faker and Uzi on the same team. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be good. Um, you know, Uzi takes a lot of resources, and that's something that RNG has been criticized for. So, I think in this team, we put in Cody Sun. Cody Sun is able to do a lot with 
not a lot. Um, you know, a lot has been invested in his top side with Hooney and all that in Clutch Gaming, as well as into the mid lane uh, by Lyra. And honestly, I think I think Cody is probably the best NA bottom lane that we have outside of double lift. Um, so then you go to support and support. We have a couple different people. Um, we have Afro, we have Zazel, um, we have Smoothie, we have JJ, but I think I've already made my decision right here. Um, just thinking about it. And honestly, Zazel seems like he could be probably the best, um, support for Cody son. Um, cause you got to think of it as a whole, um, the bottom lane is kind of a one piece deal. Um, and obviously this could take them a split or two to get better, um, to become a better team together. But honestly, I think that they could be really, this could be a really decent team. Um, it's very heavy on the influence from, excuse me. Um, influence from like uh, C9 because C9 has done a very well very good job it's not well job very good job at taking talent and turning them turning them out they're literally a talent factory over there at C9 um, they're able to take these kind of inexperienced players on uh, on the ladder and put them into their into their academy, get them all together, get them all warmed up and ready to go, and they pump out talent, which is fantastic, which is why I think there's, there's such a heavy C9 presence on this all-NA team. Now, I don't think... Now, you gotta put, like... You gotta put this team on a... on an actual team, right? Or put them under a, a list, a level, or whatever... I would like to see this team form under either Dignitas or under, um, because Dignitas is taking Clutch Gaming's spot, or you put this team on the new Immortals slot, or even blow up, uh, blow up all that you have on Golden Guardians and throw it out the window throw out golden guardians all together and you bring together this team of na superstars you put on licorice you put on dardock golden glue cody sun and zazel and i think honestly you have a world's caliber team now they will be able to make it to worlds how they play at worlds is all up to them I think Licorice has the champion pool to be able to stand up to some of those top tops in the world. And Dardock has the aggression that's able to um, work around someone with potential like Golden Glue, who uh, if you can get him if you can get him roaming, you can get him kind of playing that young Bjergsen style, um, then you'd be good to go. Um, and Cody Sun, as always, has the last, um, like the late game spirit, where he's able to just step up and do 
do the work in the last bit of the the game. Um, and Zazel is just a mechanical genius when it comes to playing support. Um, he has the ability to have such a great champion pool. And I think that's what this team really needs is champion pool. Because there's so many players in this league altogether um, in NA that have a certain... They don't really have a pool. They have a champion puddle, if anything. And if you allow this team to actually grow and have a pool of champions to play from... Like, take a look at G2 again. You take a look at their pike pick. Alright, where the heck is this is pike going when they choose it? They've literally played it in every single role. They've played it top, jungle, mid bottom lane as a ADC and then even as a uh, as a support which is what it's meant to be um, but you can easily do something along these lines of innovating things like NA needs its own kind of style and that's something I came into last world saying is NA needs to stay with their like do what you're doing don't turn it around and allow for um oh, oh they're playing through bottom lane we have to play through bottom lane as well no they're playing through bottom lane go play through licorice go play you know have dardock gank licorice a ton and be able to get licorice so far ahead that licorice is just able to carry just constantly have golden glue roam up there on leblanc or zed or whatever and be able to just do damage and take out the enemy top laner regardless of whether it's the shy or Khan or whoever you need to be able to work a different style of of team and honestly i think this team that i've created right here um could do it so if there's any <laughs> if there's any lcs coaches or team managers or whoever that want to pick me up as a manager or a coach or whatever, hit me up. It's in the, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter. DJ or Golden No, actually, now it's Golden Knight GG. That's what my Twitter is. I always forget that I changed it. So, hit me up if you want. <laughs> but, basically, guys, I think that'll do it. Um, that was a fun little thought exercise. And, uh... I would love to see this team get together and actually be a world's caliber team of just NA talent. And that's what we need. We need NA talent that is bred here, that is actually able to do NA things. Because we need to create... Like, I want to see NA be, be imported other places. Like, I want to see the first NA player playing in Korea or in China or whatever. That'd be fantastic to see. But I think that'll do it for today, guys. So, as always, this has been Gold Knight, and I will see you in the next episode of Kings of the Rift. I'll see you later, guys. Peace.